Welcome to the Pre-Vet Pausecast. I'm Alex Avellino, your tour guide on the journey to becoming a veterinarian. Listen along as we provide you with tips, tricks, and tales on applying to veterinary school. Welcome back to the Pre-Vet Podcast. I'm Alex Avellino, and today I have two wonderful members of the UFCVM community, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves right now. My name is Camden Rubin, and I am a veterinary cardiology resident. And my name is Alex Fox Alvarez, and I am a soft tissue surgeon. So I have these two gentlemen with me today to talk to you guys about their education and where they went to school, how they got to where they are, what their specialties are like, because, you know, there are options after you get your DVM, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Dr. Fox Alvarez, Alex, if I may. Yeah. Let's start with you. Can you tell us what your educational journey has been like? Because I know you're a little bit different, and I think the students would really like to hear about your, you're missing a degree. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, My wife likes to remind me of that and make fun of the fact that she has more degrees than me, but... Um, Sure. So you can cut that out because it's kind of lame. No, I loved it. But um, so I I did my undergraduate split between uh, Florida State University and the University of Florida. What was your major? My major at Florida State was biochemistry and biology. Um, And when I transferred to University of Florida, it became zoology. But the way that I did my undergraduate was so that I I kind of front loaded all of my prerequisites for vet school. And I figured I would apply a year early, and I also figured that I would not get in my first year, and then I could just finish my undergraduate degree and then hopefully get in my second time around. Um, But somehow I was very fortunate, and I actually got in a year early, which um, was awesome because it kind of saved me a year of my life. And additionally, um, in Florida, for you Florida students listening, the uh, Florida Bright Futures program covers four years of college or equivalent. So um, my first year of vet school, they actually covered um, a portion of my my veterinary courses. So that was that was pretty great from a financial aspect. So no bachelor's degree. No bachelor's degree. Um, yep. Then just, you got your DVM at Florida. Got my DVM at Florida, and then I did an internship. I wanted to do zoo medicine. I was really interested in exotic and zoo medicine. I still am. And then came back to the University of Florida for a specialty internship in surgery and then stayed on for the residency in surgery, and then stayed on for a faculty in surgery. Where was your internship? My internship was in Tucson, Arizona, at a place called Valley Animal Hospital and the Reed Park Zoo, and it was awesome. I loved it out there. Okay, so something that you guys should pick up on, your internships and residencies don't necessarily have to be at colleges of veterinary medicine, they can be at hospitals. Dr. Cam, same question, please. I uh, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and decided to do my undergrad in Boston, Massachusetts. And then at what university? At Boston University, go Terriers. <laughs> and after that, I decided to immediately go to Auburn University because they also take in-state uh, students from the state of Kentucky. Um, so I was an in, considered an in-state student at that school. For your DVM? For my DVM, yep. Got and in on the first try? Got in on the first try. Ooh, heavy hitters. Uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> and so um, after that, I also decided to do a small animal rotating internship at a private practice. Where um, was that? And that was at two different hospitals just outside of Chicago, Illinois, at VCA Berwyn and VCA Aurora hospitals. 
Um, both private practices, both very, very high caseload. Um, and at the time, I thought I wanted to specialize, but wasn't exactly sure in what field I wanted to specialize, but I knew I wanted to increase uh, the my competence level of, in veterinary medicine and be able to get a lot more comfortable seeing a large amount of cases in a short period of time. And then after that, I was still unsure about what specialty I wanted to do, so I moved out to Denver, Colorado to follow a beautiful woman who I still happen to be with. Oh, that's so nice. Also, she happens to be a vet as well, um, and did two years of general practice and worked as an emergency doctor as well before realizing my second love, which is veterinary cardiology. Love. I often hear from veterinarians, they thought they were going to do one thing and then they ended up doing something else. So when you guys were before your DVM, what kind of veterinarian did you think you were going to be? That's a great question, Alex. And uh, initially growing up in Louisville, Kentucky, I was enthralled with the horse racing industry in my local area. So I was very convinced that I wanted to be a racetrack veterinarian. And for all you prospective DVM students out there, if you believe that you really are interested in something, I recommend immersing yourself in that culture to figure out all the ins and outs and truly determine if you love it. Because if you love something, then you can do it every single day of your life uh, without any regrets whatsoever. I wanted to make sure after figuring out that I didn't want to be a racetrack veterinarian that I really wanted to be a veterinarian in general. So I tried to immerse myself in as many different fields of veterinary medicine as possible. So one thing that I did was I worked as a radiology technician in a specialty practice in uh, the New England area. And then I also worked in the medical center at the New England Aquarium as well, uh, which was my first experience with aquatic uh, animals. And in addition, after that, I started to get into the pet nutrition industry. Bro, how old are yeah, you? Yeah, there's so many things going 70? on. These students are going to be exhausted. How have you done exhausted. all of these things? Each summer, in between undergraduate, um, you uh, spend each summer should be devoted towards something veterinary medicine related. The more diverse your opportunities are, and ways that you can fill up your resume, the better that it's going to look in an admissions committee. I really wanted, thought I wanted to do like your classic practice owner, um, you know, really develop relationships with your clients that are lifelong and, you know, you know each other by first name and you know about each other's families type of thing and um, really just kind of have that sort of relationship with my clients. And um, I did some very similar things, just trying to get as much exposure to the field as possible. But did you do as much? I sure did not, uh, nor did I do it as diverse. I mean, he said he did some aquatic stuff, which I don't know if that's like strictly seahorses, like equine aquatic <laughs> or what. It is. But a lot of aquatic. shoeing. A lot yeah. of horseshoeing. Horse, shoeing, yeah. I mean, the dads carry all the babies. They must need some burl Oh, horseshoe shoes. crabs. Horseshoe crabs. Slap them on exactly. there. Exactly. 
And I'll say having been kind of, I've really been almost every job that there is at a vet hospital, I think really actually helped prepare me to, uh, to be a veterinarian and to be um, a good practice owner if that was what I decided to do. I mean, I, I was a kennel technician, a cleaning, and then an actual technician, some radiology technician. I did some of the management work up front, you know, with, uh, with clients and, and office managing. And I actually think um, those things are actually really help, really help as well. Uh, so I remember being completely overwhelmed when I first got into vet school, just learning about the vastness of what our career was from, I mean, there are veterinarians that are literally their main job is fighting bio bioterrorism, you know, trying to prevent animal and livestock diseases from coming into the country. There's veterinarians who specialize in similar things as us, but, you know, there's cardiology, surgery. Um, my wife specializes in oncology, so she does strictly animal cancer. Um, there's dermatology, there's integrative medicine, where you kind of bring in a lot of the medicines from uh, Eastern and traditional medicine, such as um, acupuncture and herbology. Uh, there's radiologists, uh, emergency and critical care. There's, there's really everything. There's nutritionists out there, a very hot field currently. There are cardiologists, there are internal medicine specialists. If there's people in the industry, so they kind of represent drug companies or they represent um, different medications, the research, and also kind of helping to get the word out that, that new treatments are available. As you all know, you'll be coming to, hopefully, the University of Florida College of Veterinary Medicine for your four-year DVM degree. But what happens after that? We've kind of touched on internships and residencies in that pathway, but what does the end look like? What do you have to do to finally become a specialist? Sure. When you finish vet school, you are licensed to go out and do all of the things that specialists do, essentially. But um, you don't have as, as the same depth of training as a specialist. So you technically can do work on any animal and do um, any sort of procedures or, or anything that you that you know how to do with them. But if you have a special interest, then the first thing you do after is a rotating internship. And the word rotating just means that you rotate through several different specialties. And what this does is it kind of gives you a, a much broader look at veterinary medicine and what it, what it means to be a veterinarian in um, these different fields. For students that don't want to do rotating internships, there are opportunities that can be similar to fulfilling the requirement of a rotating internship by doing at least four years of general practice, either that's large or small animal practice. Now walk us through the residency years and then what you have to do at the end. Yeah, so obviously this highly varies depending on the residency that you would like to do or are interested in. That requires at least a three-year commitment and you usually take a general qualifier exam. And then in your third year, you take a more s specific specialty board. So people that are oncology residents only take a test that pertains to oncology and vice versa towards every other of the specialties there. break down the specialties that are with us today. So if you guys could describe your specialty in a few sentences and the type of personality that might lend itself to that specialty. Again, I'm a veterinary cardiologist. The majority of veterinary cardiologists are intelligent. They're inquisitive. 
They appreciate physiology. This sounds like every veterinarian, though, Dr. Cam. They what? like to get off at 2 p.m. Oh. Is there a nice work-life balance for veterinary cardiologists? Absolutely. So I would consider veterinary cardiology more of a niche. I would consider it, one, a branch of internal medicine, and two, the population of veterinary cardiologists is not as numerous as, say, internists or surgeons or critical care specialists in veterinary world. Can you give me an example of a healthy heart sound? And an example of a heart murmur. Dr. Alex, can you describe surgery in a few sentences? What is the service like and how did you know that was for you? And the kind of personality that suits surgeons. Sure. Um, surgery is super hands-on. So um, I've always kind of been a tinkerer and I love working with my hands. I mean, that's kind of a cliche thing for surgeons to say, but it's true. I've always liked working with my hands. Um, I've always liked any kind of art project where you're kind of building and sculpting. Um, I like taking things apart and fixing things. Um, and that's essentially what you're doing with an animal. And what I really like about it is it's the kind of, it's the kind of specialty where you develop um, a basic skill set and then maybe you develop a more advanced skill set and you just apply it to different problems. So as a soft tissue surgeon, when you open up an animal, what kind of surgery excites you where you're like, oh, it's going to be a good day to save lives today? Ooh, I really like actually cardiothoracic surgery. So sometimes I actually work with Dr. Rubin when he's unable to correct anything with his minimally invasive approaches. And um, then I get to do heart surgery, which is a lot of fun. Um, Alex actually came in to one of our heart surgeries and got to touch a beating heart, which she yeah, probably... Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to do surgery on a, on a beating heart. It's got a lot of challenges because you can't say, like, hold still, hold still for a minute. You know, you're working on a moving target. It's uh, very precise and there's a very low margin of error. So it, it definitely gets the surgical juices flowing. So when you're preparing to apply to veterinary school and just in life in general, we want everyone to be well aware of mental health issues and how you care for yourself and what you do to relieve stress because vet school, professional school in general, is going to be stressful. So can you both touch on your experience with mental health and wellness in the field personally, what students should be thinking about, what you hope for you know, future students as they do come in through the clinic? I think it starts now. It starts now where you are as a pre-vet student. Um, managing your stress and making it a priority to make sure that you're happy with what you're doing and that you're giving yourself time to have hobbies and, um, you know, take care of the other aspects of your life, like in your family and your friends. Well, what does your work-life balance look like? I think for me, something that's important with my work-life balance is maintaining a healthy diet and exercise schedule. And I've found the best thing that's conducive with my schedule is before I go to work every morning, I try to wake up a couple minutes extra and either try to find time for a workout, whether that's a run or go to the gym or maybe even a quick yoga session as well. Um, I actually meditate. I've recently gotten into meditating, which I thought was kind of quackery before when I was an undergrad and stuff. And I <laughs> wish that I would have gotten into it sooner because... Um, typically what, what I feel like I'm up against is my mind's going in a thousand different directions. And even if it's just for 15 minutes, being able to kind of 
quiet down the thousands of voices that are in my head at a time reminding me that I have to do this and that. Um, and just kind of being present in the moment um, has dramatically improved my quality of life. What have we not talked about that you would like to share with the audience about your particular specialty, veterinary school in general, and general advice? I love being a vet. Um, I really love what I do. Um, and, and it's a lot of work, but like kind of Cam touched on again, uh, it's fun and it's what I like to do. So it doesn't really feel like work a lot of the time. Some of it surely is, but it doesn't. I think one of the coolest things about our profession is even if you're in a specific area or field, such as veterinary cardiology, I am still surprised on a daily basis on the avenues that this profession takes me. Just so happens that over the past year, I am, I guess, now an expert in the study of ultrasounding the hearts of Galapagos tortoises and other giant tortoises. Get out of here. Across the entire country and have received multiple questions and, and insights from zoos such as the Pittsburgh Zoo and the San Diego Zoo. Is it a really slow beat? I'm assuming it's slow. Very, very slow. Their metabolism is, is much slower than a human's. Neat. Indeed. I want to thank Dr. Rubin and Dr. Fox Alvarez for being with us today. Listeners at home, start thinking about what your plans are post-DVM and just know that it can change at any time because this field is full of twists, turns, and golden opportunities. I'm Alex Savlino, your pre-vet advisor, and we'll see you next time.